I want to read out of the book of Joshua, chapter 1, verse 7. And this is how you and I can prosper in perilous times. Because the word perilous really means to be at risk. It means to danger and to uh, imminent risk or disaster or ruin, the word perilous. The Apostle Paul told Timothy that the times in which we live, they would be perilous times. At the end of the dispensation, we know this to be the dispensation of grace, these times which we live in will be perilous. They will have risk and danger. But the book of Joshua tells us in Joshua chapter 1, verse 7, that only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do to according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it from the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. And you may observe to, uh, and you may observe to do according According to all that was written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Can you see prosperity and success coming together? Remember, prosperity is about what? Control. And he says, you'll have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed, for the Lord God is with you wherever you are go. Let's pray. Father, thank you today for your word. It's a lamp and it's a light and we are trusting you to help us truly be prosperous people in perilous times such as these. In Jesus' name and all God's men and women said, amen. amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, you look better than I realized. And go ahead and sit down. Just tell them, you look better than I realized. Sometimes you need double takes and triple takes. But again, we're so honored you're here this morning. Thank you for coming. I think the times in which we live in are dangerous times. When you live in today's climate, it cannot be driven by a Republican Party. The times in which we live in cannot be dictated to by a Democratic Party or an independent party. We are part of a kingdom. And God says, of my kingdom, there is no in. Can you prosper in times like these? But you have to realize, yes, you can. But as a kingdom man or woman in this room, you cannot prosper without God. Deuteronomy 8.18 said, it's the Lord who gives us power to get wealth. It's God's power to give us the ability to be prosperous. God gives us that power, and it is our responsibility to use that power. Jesus said in John 10, verse 10, I've come that you may have life and have that life more abundantly. You need to know something, that the power to get wealth and the power to live an abundant life come from the same God because you can't have either of them without him. Jesus said, without me, you can do nada. You can't do anything without me. You can't even take your next breath without God's permission. Without me, he says, you can do nothing. But with him, the limits are off and all potential belongs to his children. After you recognize you cannot prosper without God, you've got to utilize God's management techniques. He gives us these great principles in his book to elevate us to a new level, a new season. How many of you have ever kind of 
bought one of those self-help books or maybe those business management books to help you along in life. You ever bought one of those? You can be honest. I have a few of them at home in my library. All of us want to get better at how to do something, better in business, better in ministry, better in life, better as a parent. But this is the greatest, better, benefited book. I know it's not proper English, but this is the greatest management you will ever have. It's the greatest self-help book and information that brings transformation that you will ever find. It's called the Bible. You know, God is a very enterprising God. He is. And he, lo- and he runs a lot of different industries. And he gave to his children on this earth secrets, secrets to the kingdom that you and I can live and have an abundant life, not only in this life, but in the life to come. I love what Jesus said. He said, in this life, you're going to have 30, 60, and 100 fold. But what many people don't realize is that scripture comes with a caveat that you will have uh, uh, trials in that. That 30, 60, and 100 fold, it comes with trials. Trials don't mean that God doesn't love us. It just means we live in a fallen world and we live in a place where God wants us to stand out among others, to stand out with, with people that, are, that do not have what we have as believers. Listen to Deuteronomy 5.33. This is an amazing passage of scripture. It says, you shall walk in the ways which the Lord God had commanded you, that you may live and that it may be well with you. I love that, that it may prolong your days in the land that you shall possess. In the land you shall possess. I like that because God has given every one of us in this place different areas in this world that we possess for his kingdom. I want you to understand that. It may be in business. It may be in the home. It may be in the realm of education. It may be in a realm of some other field, one that's currently developing before our very eyes. It's our responsibility to use it. God's designed us. Listen closely. Lean in about what I'm going to preach to you this morning. God's designed us to possess wherever he sends us. For where he plants you is where he powers you. He has given us a design from him to take occupancy, but to possess wherever he sends us. We're stewards of his grace, stewards of his kingdom, and we are called to possess that thing. Not to be dictated to, but to take control over. Because prosperity is about one issue, control. Not about things we amass, but about having control over the things which God steward us to take care of. That's why Jesus told you and I, occupy until I come. So what's God's management principles as Deuteronomy 5.33 tells us? It's really given in this conversation that God has with Joshua. Joshua is a man that was under the leadership of Moses. Moses was God's man. Moses was a representation of Jesus Christ. As Moses sent Israel into a place of the promised land, he had to get them out of Egypt, which was a type of sin. He had to take them through the Red Sea sea, which was a type of water baptism. Now they've experienced all these miraculous miracles, and now Moses is dead, and God puts Joshua in charge. And Joshua gets three techniques that absolutely set his life apart so he can truly begin to prosper. He says, be strong. We read it this morning. Be very courageous. Be careful to obey the law my servant Moses gave you. Don't turn from that from the right or to the left, but you will be successful wherever you go. Don't let that book of the law depart from your mouth, but you shall what? Meditate on it day and night. 
And to be careful to whatever you go, to be careful to do what's written in that book, that you can be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Here's God saying this. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Don't be terrified. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord God is with you wherever you go. So management technique number uno. You ready for it? Do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. Turn to your neighbor and say, I ain't never scared. Do not be afraid. You shouldn't be fearful. Do you know one of the most common causes of failure is fear? It's one of the most common causes of failure. It's fear. It's important because what causes marriages to fail? Fear. What causes businesses to fail? Fear. What causes health to fail? Fear. When you are afraid, listen to me, you become a person that is controlled by your emotions. When you live in fear, you're now dictated by your emotions, which is your soul. But when you're at peace, you are controlling those emotions. See, when you're afraid, you're being controlled by your emotions. But when you're at peace, you're now taking control over those emotions. God looked at Joshua, and he knew Joshua was overwhelmed. Just like some of you this morning, God's looking down upon you today, and he knows what you're going through, and he sees that you're overwhelmed. Joshua was a kid that started making bricks in Egypt, and that next promotion has him as a warrior in the wilderness fighting and doing what Moses told him to do. But this latest promotion that Joshua has experienced has him a bit troubled. As a matter of fact, Moses could turn the water into wine. Or or excuse me, that would be Jesus. Moses can turn the Nile into blood. Water to wine is grace. Nile to blood is judgment. Moses, who could take manna and let it fall from heaven. He can get water from the rock. This is Moses. He He can part the Red Sea. He's gone. So Joshua, the Bible tells us he's taking a walk. Jennifer talked about taking a walk earlier. Joshua's taking a walk, and I believe as he's taking this walk, he's kind of looking for his, his, his mentor, his predecessor, Moses. He's looking for Moses, and as he's looking for Moses, God shows up and says, Moses is dead. That's the bad news that he didn't want to hear. He was looking for Moses. He needed Moses, and God says, Moses is dead. God says, Joshua, you are now in charge. And God, knowing all things, he started to read Joshua's mail. And he said, be strong, be bold, for the Lord God is with you. And he tells Joshua something amazing that he should behave and he should learn this. And he finishes the message with the same opening. Be strong, be of good courage, for the Lord God is with you. Now, God is not repeating himself because he has short-term memory loss. He's repeating himself because he wants to impact with what he's saying. There's a lot of you sitting in this room this morning, and you're looking at the world which you're living in currently, and you're thinking about what it used to be like back in the day, back when you had someone to kind of look to, someone, a predecessor, a, a mentor, you, a boss that you could follow in their footsteps, maybe a mother, a father, somebody who was impactful to you to help you. Are you looking back when life was simpler way back in the day? I assure you, if God came down from heaven and had a face-to-face with you today, he would say the same thing that he said to Joshua. Be strong, be bold, for just like I was with Moses and just like I was with Joshua, I'm with you. I'm with you. But in order for Joshua to kind of be strong and courageous, he had to get over the past. 
And that's what so many people forget to do when they take on a new relationship with Jesus. They bring their old rugged, cruddy past right along with them. And you have to get over the past. He forgot. He had to learn to forget what it was like to march around the mud bit, the pits in Egypt and make those bricks. He had to learn how to lead. Not to take orders any longer because he's no longer a warrior taking instructions from Moses. Now he's a leader of millions of people. God chose him. God promoted him. God said, Joshua, you are now in control. Do not be afraid. I'm with you. Just like I was with you at the Red Sea, I'm with you now. Just like I was with you when the manna fell, I'm with you now. Just like I was with you in the day of battle, I'm with you now. And I'll be with you when you cross that Jordan River. And I'll be with you when you march around Jericho. And I'll be with you when you walk to the promised land. And I'll be with you every decision you make, every battle you take from me. I'll be with you. So what do I say to you, children of God? I say God is with you. Every chance, every fight, every battle, God is with you. And everything's going to be all right. But yet in spite of all that, we hear these words. We get so encouraged, but we still are afraid. We're afraid of the unknown. We get afraid of the future. We get afraid of confrontation. We get afraid of rejection. And fear starts to affect everything. If you do not remember anything this handsome, bald man has said this morning, remember this, fear not. Let's say it together. Fear not. Why? Because it's beneath the dignity of a believer to live in fear. You're a child of the king. If you belong to someone else, I can, uh, I can understand why your knees would be having a fellowship meeting when you're looking at tomorrow. But because you belong to God. Help me preach it, somebody. But because you belong to God, the battle is the Lord's. I'm going to say it over here. The battle is the Lord's. You belong to God. The battle is the Lord's. It's not your fight. It's God's fight. All you have to do is stand still and see the glory of the Lord. The battle is the Lord's. And he wants you to know that because some people, what they have is what I would call a mud hut mentality. They live in this kind of mud hut, less than mentality. I just don't know if God can use somebody like me. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know my past. And then they really get spiritual for God to really use me. I've got to really get some things in order. What makes you think you have the strength to get anything in order with God's help? If you could get it in order, you would have got it all fixed a long time ago. Who you wouldn't have needed God. What makes you believe that you can get anything in order? You have to realize God can use you. You just have to be a willing vessel. All God's looking for is a willing vessel. I'll assure you, if you will allow him to take your life, he will use you for his glory. Let him do it. Now that you're not afraid, Stay in the word. That's the next technique God showed him. Joshua, stay in the word. Why is that important? Because God was telling Joshua, what's been working with Moses, let it work with you. Why? Because if it ain't broke, you ought not to fix it. 
Now we've got people that are psychoanalyzing in pulpits across America, giving their opinion and giving their little actuals and what they think and giving their little stories, thinking they're going to engage, and it means nothing to them and it means nothing to God. If you do not give them the word, it will not change their life. Give them the word, it will change lives now and forevermore. It's important to stay in that word. As long as Moses did everything God told him to do, think about this. It worked. As long as God chose Moses and Moses did what God wanted him to do, everything went A-OK. And that's what God told Joshua. Now think about this. As I was with Moses, I'll be with you. As I was with him, I'll be with you. I told him to stay in the word, and now I'm telling you, that's the secret, stay in the word. God told Joshua in these terms, observe to do all that my servant Moses commanded you, that you may prosper wherever you go. And then he gives three directives that I think will elevate. We're going to be doing a a two-day, perhaps a three-day seminar coming up here shortly about how you can take your life and elevate it. Elevate prosperity, elevate your understanding of scripture, elevate what it truly means to be in control. And these are the directives that God commanded Joshua to elevate his life. He tells them that these directives keep them before your eyes, the word. Not only to keep it before your eyes, later he says, this book shall not depart from your mouth. Then he says, meditate on it day and night. What God was saying, in effect, is Joshua, saturate your life with it. I want you to look at it. I want you to talk about it. I want you to think about it. Keep my word in front of you. Keep my word in your heart that you would not sin against me, that you might speak it. And let that thing be the thing you're meditating upon. The Apostle Paul takes the same sentiment in the New Testament, and he says in Philippians 4, whatever things are true, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are just, whatever things are what? Good reports. This world doesn't need any bad reports. The world is going to hell in a handbasket. The world needs good reports from godly people. Good reports. Think on those things. But here's what I think what's happened to some of you, or maybe the next service, maybe the 11 o'clock, certainly not some of you. But they live in what I would call a carnal mindset. Instead of believing God in his word, Not prospering because they have a carnal mindset about life rather than living a kingdom mindset about life. Now, how does that work? A carnal mindset has a bad day. And do you know everybody has a right to have a bad day? But a carnal mindset has a bad day and says, you know, I guess this is, this is just par for the course. I'm always the one finishing last. This is, this is just who I am and this is just how it is. But a kingdom mindset doesn't say that. A kingdom mindset says, if God be for me, who can be against me? I'm above only and I'm not beneath. A kingdom mindset says, I may not understand the bad day that I just had. I may not understand that my boss head was spinning in a 360 spitting pea soup. I may not understand why my children, I don't even want to be around them right now. And they're acting A-E, ugly. I don't understand, but I know God's working it all out for the good for those that love them. And I believe that this is the day the Lord has made. Therefore, I shall rejoice and be glad in it. Everything's going to be all right. That's a kingdom mindset. But a carnal mindset gets a doctor's report and allows fear to start taking control 
Oh, this is in my family history. Oh, this is how my mother went. This is how my father went. This is how my auntie went. And I guess it's just my turn. That's a carnal mindset. A kingdom mindset says I will live and not die. I shall declare the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And the days on this earth, God Almighty shall fulfill. And by his stripes at Calvary, I am declaring freedom and healing. Sickness and infirmity have been destroyed. And I receive the healing of the atonement of Calvary. That's a kingdom mindset. But a carnal mindset starts to lose their job, and they start saying, oh, it's bad everywhere. Then they, then they start doing things, saying things, and I guess it's just bad all over. But that's a carnal mindset. A kingdom mindset says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed out begging for bread. A kingdom mindset says, God, you're going to supply all of my needs according to your riches and glory. That old, that old boss may not have needed me. That company may not have needed me. But, God, you've got a great plan for my life. And I know the best days are in front of me. I know where one door opens, you're going to swing wide the gate. And I know the best of days are ahead. The Lord declares over me, I shall be above only and not beneath. I shall be a lender and not a borrower. I shall be a person of destiny, a person of excellence. That's a kingdom mindset, friend. When you live that way, prosperity chases you down the road. You got to have that because a kingdom mindset comes from this fact. If God be for me, who can be against me? You say, well, Joey, man, you're just trying to get our hopes up. You better believe I am. You can't have faith without having hope. You say, well, Joey, you're just, you're just good looking. <laughs> Teasing. It's like the person that says, oh, he's so confident. I'm like, he's bald. What part of a bald man thinking confidence is there do you not understand? No bald man on the planet thinks he's good looking. He's bald. Remember that. It's all for the show, ladies and gentlemen. But I think about something today because these are more than just good vibes. These are more than just positive thoughts. These are more than, than just what I'm telling you. This is getting your hopes up because you can't have faith without having hope. These are promises given from our Father. These are good promises. You say, well, Joey, that's great, man, but will it feed me? It'll feed you when others are starving to death. You say, Joey, will it comfort me when others are fretting? It will encourage you when everybody else is discouraged. It will empower you when everyone else has lost hope. It will bring you physical health to your mortal body. It will mend a broken marriage. It will transform a troubled mind. It will change the world which you live in and will set the captive free. It will turn the mountain into a molehill and bring explosive blessing. It's the living, breathing word of Almighty God. It will bring you hope, healing, health, prosperity, and strength. Can somebody put their hands together and give God a shout of praise in this house? I think there's something about don't be afraid. Stay in the word. And here's the third management technique. Be obedient to that. Do what God tells you to do. And there are a lot of people, they read the word, but they just don't do the word. Deuteronomy 28, 13, if you heed to those commandments, the New Testament says the same thing, that you shall reap what you sow. In other words, the commandments are given by the seeds that you sow, and it produces a harvest. Believe me, God's not holding anything back from anybody that doesn't want to pursue him. 
You ever taken the kids uh, swimming? We, I did this years ago when my children were smaller, and you take them swimming. They're learning how to swim, and you go, jump in. Daddy will catch you. And they're like, they're timid. They're coming over the edge, and they're, they're trying to jump over the edge. And you're like, Daddy will be right here, baby. Come on. And then when they jump, you're like, whoa. It's a cruel game, isn't it? But it works. It works. But God's not doing that. He's not dangling out all these promises and said, come on over. Come on over and jump in. And then when he jumps in and you jump into the water of faith, expectancy, and hope, then he's pulling them away. God's not moving like that. He says, you call on me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things you know not. God says, when you heed to my commandments and heed to my voice, God says, my blessings will overtake you like a Mack truck. I'll run over you with the blessings of God. I'll run over you with favor. I'll run over you with healing. I'll give you the desires of your heart. I'll give you the best of things and the worst of times. It's kind of like God's mercy, God's goodness. The Bible says his goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. It's the goodness of God that gives us what we don't deserve. And it's the mercy of God that spares us from what we do deserve. It's like I think of the, the goodness and mercy of God like hounds being released to go after somebody. The hounds showing a picture of Joey saying, go after Joey, go get him. And when those hounds catch me, it's like a ball rolling down the trail and it goes bigger and bigger and bigger like an avalanche. That's God's goodness. That's God's mercy. It's like an avalanche. It's a flood of God's favor. I declare over you this day a flood of God's anointing, a flood of God's favor, a flood of God's healing, a flood of God's prosperity, a flood of God's faith. Rise in your heart. Proclaim it. Prophesy it over your family prophesied over your felt your faith the best is yet to come can somebody give the lord praise if they believe that today so here's what god says don't be afraid stay in the word and he says obey it and when you do that, Joshua, you can put your name there. When you do that, Celia. When you do that, John. When you do that, put your name in there. Be of good courage, for I am with you. And when I'm with you, who can stand against you? If God is with you this morning, fear can't stand against you because he is the prince of peace. If God is with you, worry can't stand against you because he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. If God is with you, sickness cannot stand against you because he is Jehovah Rohi, the Lord your healer. If God is with you, darkness cannot surround you for he is truly the light of the world. If God is with you, no weapon formed against you shall prosper for he is your shield and your buckler, your exceedingly great reward. Oh, that's if God's with you. If God wasn't with you, I'd be shaking in my boots, but I know the Lord of hosts is with me. I know his rod and I staff, they comfort me. His angels are on the left and on the right, and I know that goodness and mercy are following me all the days of my life because God is with me. The Lord Almighty is right beside me. He will not fail me. He'll come through in the darkest night. He'll come through in the twelfth hour. I know that God is with me, and he's with you, and he'll stand with you. He'll fight with you. He'll believe with you. He'll give you the courage to get up one more time. God is with you. Hallelujah. I want to say this as we consider this thought today. If God is with you, why are you doubting? And why are you afraid? Stay in the word. Do what God tells you to do. 
In closing, consider Joseph in the Old Testament. He's a very unassuming soul for those who would have heard him and his dreams each and every day. A little delusional if you would have heard this young man with his wild-looking sport coat given to him from his daddy. You would have thought, man, this guy's a little out there, delusional, if you would have heard the interpretation of his dream. And but yet because he had faith in God and God's word, because in spite of the moments of setbacks and trials he had to endure, he still focused on the promise of God. And do you know there came a day in his life, if you don't know the story, Joseph was in a position as he was thrown into prison to interpret the dream for the most powerful man on the planet at that time named Pharaoh. And when he interpreted that dream, listen closely, he said, Pharaoh, there's going to be a good period of time and a bad period of time. And in the good period of time, we're to do what's necessary to store it up and keep it for when the bad period will be there, we will prosper. I believe God's saying the same thing in the 21st century. There's a good period of time that's upon us. It's a spirit and, and a, a good period of grace that America is experiencing. But there's a time when it shall come upon us. And what we're storing up in faith, what we're storing up in expectancy, what we're storing up in seeds, what we're storing up will come to pass in those bad periods of time for elevation of our day-to-day -day life so we can help others. And think about this. And he interpreted that dream and said of this of Pharaoh. Pharaoh said this of Joseph. He said, there's going to be this period, Pharaoh. Your dream that I see that you had, this dream that you're so perplexed by, we're going to store it up in the good. And when the period of poverty and bad times come, we're going to have plenty to be prosperous. Here's the point. Joseph and his prosperity. Pharaoh looked at Joseph and said these words in Genesis 41, verse 40. He said, and you shall be over my house and over my people. They shall be ruled according to your word. For I have set over you all of Egypt. Oh, I've set over you all of Egypt? Now, what is prosperity about? Control. Prosperity is about not you having money. Some of you can have money, and money can go right out of you, and you lose control. It's like the person that says, Pastor, when I win the lottery, I'm tithing. I'm like, you are not. We will never see you again. Please. Tithing. I'm going to pay the church debts off. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to. Exactly, Freddie. Prosperity is about control. If you listen to what Pharaoh said, Pharaoh said to Joseph, he looked at what was yesterday's prisoner, and he's saying, now you're in charge. Think about that. Yesterday's prisoner, he's now in charge of the whole nation. He's in control. You decide what the people do, and you decide what they don't do. I think if Pharaoh would not have listened to Joseph, he would have he would have starved to death in that palace. He would have starved to death in that palace. But because he was a child of God and God put that child in charge, those possessions that Egypt had, they lived in the most prosperous time and Pharaoh was the most prosperous king Egypt had ever known. And who was in charge, by the way? A wicked king or God's child? God's child. God's child was in charge. I don't know what some of you this morning are walking through, but I am here to tell you that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever.
you can put your trust in him. And when you put your trust in him, he'll make you ahead and not the tail, above only and not beneath. Even in the worst of times, his goodness and his mercy shall follow me all the days of my life.